And we are live. Welcome to today's episode of MicroConf On Air. As always, I am your host, Rob Walling. Every Wednesday, we live stream for 30 minutes and we talk about topics related to building and growing ambitious SaaS startups that don't require us to work 80 hour weeks, raise millions in venture capital, burn ourselves out, or burn our relationships. These are not the typical Silicon Valley startups where fundraising is a goal and where people build slide decks instead of building businesses. Thanks for joining us again this week. I'm stoked to talk to my guest today, Sumit Kumar. I'll intro him in just a minute. And um, I got to be honest, I'm really excited about MicroConf Remote, which is coming up next Tuesday. And we have locked in Jason Freed. He's going to be answering questions about the Hey.com launch, as well as Squadcast, a tiny seed company. They're going to be talking about how they blew past $100,000 in MRR over the past several months. So there's a story for every stage of your startup, whether you are at your first sale, 1K MRR, 10K, 100K, or base camp levels of revenue, and I am uh, really excited about it. If you don't already have your ticket, you want to go to microconfremote.com and uh, check it out. It's going to be a pretty fascinating um, experience, and we're, we have a live studio here in Minneapolis where I'm going to be broadcasting, going to have some live guests, going to have some remote guests. This is not your typical virtual summit with a bunch of people in a Zoom room, so I really uh, hope you can tune in and check it out, microconfremote.com. So in today's episode of MicroConf On Air, I'm going to be talking with Sumit Kumar about building multiple products side by side. He has a B2B product and he has a B2C product, and he works a full-time day job. So these are both side projects. So Sumit is the founder of Tresor.one, and I'm mispronouncing that because it's a German word, Tresor, I think it is, uh, T-R-E-S-O-R.one, and he's the founder of Geomon.io. And he's the head, also the head of engineering, his day job, head of engineering at sharenow.com. So um, Sumit came on our radar because he is a prolific uh, Twitterer and YouTuber, and he's talking about his side projects. Um, there's a recent tweet where he said, on my indie hacker's journey, I'm now approaching th between three and 5,000 euros a month with two side projects. Anyone can grow their projects to a nice side income, but of course it takes time. And uh, I'm just gonna really excited to dig in with him today because you know there, there are only so many makers in this world, and there are only so many people doing it on the side, and there's only so many people doing SaaS, and there's only so many people that get to launch. And he's launched two products on the side while working this day job, and he he and his uh, his partner have just had a baby 15 days ago. So we very well may hear from that um, lovely addition to our world in the background as we talk to Sumit. So let's welcome Sumit to the program. How you doing, sir? Hello, thank you very much. I'm good. Thanks for the invite, Rob. Absolutely, man. Great to have you on. Are you getting ample sleep these days with a two-week-old baby in the house? Yeah, it's pretty tough. <clears throat> it's pretty yeah. tough. Uh, yeah, the nights, I basically sleep every three hours for two hours or something like this. Yep. I appreciate you taking the time to get caffeinated and join me on this live stream today. Baby. I have to tell my partner. Yeah, I will tell her. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. So um, if you are in MicroConf Connect, go to the MicroConf on air channel and fire up your questions. That's the best part of these live streams is, you know, obviously I can, it, Sumit and I can have an amazing conversation, but it might as well just be a recorded podcast that you can listen to at one and a half X if if you're not interacting and asking live questions from the folks who who are really, you know, who are, are deep in the trenches here. So um, we'll get into, you know, a little, little more into it, but hopefully there's some live questions that come out of that. Um, so I want to ask, well, let me give a little bit of background. So geomon.io is a B2B side project and it's, um, you can create Geoson 
GeoJSON, sorry, directly on a map. So the best way to do it is go to geomon.io and kind of see these amazing uh, animated GIFs he has. But it's a developer tool for embedding um, like geospatial tools in your app. So it's a B2B app selling to developers. And then Tresor.1 is uh, essentially stock portfolio management. Um, and it's aimed at the German market. Is it aimed at all of Europe or mostly German? the German market? Currently, German market will expand yep. soon. Yep, yep. And so this is more of a B2C play. Um, you know, the pricing's a, a lot lower. I think it's like there's a free plan and there's a five euro a month plan. And Sumit was explaining to me before um, we jumped on that, you know, in the, in the States, we have these portfolio management tools, you can OAuth and there's an API and I can gather all, you know, from all my brokerage accounts into one place. But in Germany, they don't have that. They don't have APIs. So he is literally parsing PDFs, that P PDF statements that people get um, in order to try to give them a complete picture of their portfolio. So those are the problems that he's solving. And Sumit, I'd love to kick it off by finding out how long have you been working on, on these two tools? Did, uh, did Geomon come first? Uh, Geoman was first, but not in its, let's say, current iteration where it makes money. Um, mm -hmm. Geoman, I can tell you a little bit about the background, but Tresor, I started in January, basically, that, okay. uh, and I started sharing it exactly uh, from the beginning. Geoman is kind of a mixed bag. I tried since months, many months since beginning of last year to make it into a SaaS product, which failed. But now I think I found kind of product market fit with, uh, with some stuff. Mm -hmm. Is it is it subscription now? Is it SAFs or is it a one-time? Yes, it's no, okay. it's an annual basic. It's an annual subscription, but I don't sell a SaaS product. I sell basically a license to a software, so it's a little bit different than than the yeah. normal SaaS product that you would know. Sure, sure, and it's annual. Got it. And so if you if you pay, what what's the pricing on it, Geoman? Uh, currently the price is 10 K a year, but I started with like 10 euros a month. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, that to me, that is kind of interest, an interesting strategy that I took, uh, because I didn't know how to price it completely. So I said, whenever I get one client, I double the price. So now mm -hmm. I'm at 10 K. Nice. And, uh, so I, so that means you've sold at least one license at 5 K 5,000 euros a year. Yes. Excellent. Good for you. Um, I also sold nice. already one with 10k, but I didn't. I didn't. Didn't uh, double it. It was money. just two days ago. Yeah, well, I didn't double yeah. it yet. It's right. it's getting yeah, a, bit, a bit big. Yeah, that's that's great. Um, and so, Geomon, when did you start working on that? Then, when did you start launching these side projects? Um, so, Geomon started off as not a product that I wanted to sell at all. So, I did a um, an open source library for Leaflet, uh, a Leaflet plugin, um, so you can edit geospatial data on the map, like polygons and markers and whatnot. And um, this was five years ago because I needed a tool uh, for um, actually my current employer I, that I built mm -hmm. on the side, and. There was not, there was nothing out there that fit my expectations. So I built it on my own. And since five years, I'm maintaining this open source project and uh, it got more popular. It got more users, more collaborators. And at some point I wasn't able to, let's say it was more of a burden. Like it was, I felt I let the people down if I don't fix the bugs and keep more like releases coming. So I tried to find a way to make this sustainable, to be able to put more time in um by by getting some money out of it in some way 
so I started GitHub sponsors. I um, tried with like, uh, you know, buy me a coffee stuff. Um, I tried to make a SaaS product that basically, so you can edit and store your geospatial data on Geomen IO. Uh, that didn't work out, but I, I think there's still potential there. I just did it wrong. So what I did instead now is I just took the open source library, looked at what people are writing me for the features and took the niches features that they were requesting. So very specific features that were for very specific companies. And I, I, I said, look, I will build them, but not for open source. I will build them in a pro version. And this pro version, uh, I'm selling basically a license for. And my plan currently is, and what I'm doing is, um, slowly I'm trickling these features down into the open source library. So the open source library benefits in the long run, but in the meantime, I get some income in, can focus on these features and, um, and can sell it to some companies. Yeah, it's a clever way to do it. And I, I think it's nice that you kind of hacked your way around because the open source thing can become a real burden. I know I've had several friends and colleagues who have launched open source products and it's great for six months or a year. And then it's like, man, I have to maintain this and this sucks. And so the fact that you have turned it into a revenue stream, I think is beneficial both for you, but also for your you know community in the sense that you're able to, to justify um, the time that you spend on it. It reminds me of Sidekick, which is uh, you know a queuing mechanism. And um, it uh, we used it at Drip extensively. And yeah, it was free until it wasn't. And when you, I forget what even, it was a quite expensive. It was like three grand or 10 grand or something per license. And uh, we wound up um, using it and paying happily for it. And I don't think we got any extra features. I think it was purely for support or something like that, but it was just worth it. The whole business ran on it, you know, all the underlying code base. Yeah. So um, it becomes worth it at that point. So it, then in talking, uh, you know, about these side projects back in the day when I was launching side projects 15, 20 years ago and was still employed full time. I was really concerned that my employer would find out and that I would get in trouble or they would try to take ownership or there would be, I would get fired. I mean, I, I just don't even know. I was just kind of paranoid about it. But obviously you're, you're relatively public because you have this YouTube channel, you have the, the, the Twitter feed. Does your employer know, you know, the side projects you're working on and, and do they care that you're working on them? Uh, so they know. Um, I'm actually not concerned about my boss or his boss finding out or, or knowing about this. Uh, I'm more concerned or um, worried in a, in a way sometimes about my employees. So I lead a big team uh, at my employer. So I'm more um, thinking sometimes what do they think. But I know that my boss's boss and his colleagues, some of them are uh, even users of Trezor One. Uh, I saw that and um, Geoman came out of the open source library and that open source library is also used inside the company. So everyone knows that I'm doing this. Some people are scratching their head how I find the time. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, everyone knows. And personally, I think um, as developers, we don't have problems finding a job, right? And it's currently not at all. And if my employer would not like it, uh, then yeah, it, it wouldn't be a good employer for me because I think I yeah. learned the most in these side projects by, by approaching new problems, by solving new things and, and looking also outside of the developer problem per se, because I have to do business stuff, sales, marketing, user, um, uh, uh, customer support, all that kind of stuff. And I think this makes us better developers, better people to work with. And if an employer doesn't appreciate that, then it's not the employer for me. So I'm not scared yep. at all. 
actually for that. I think that's a, that's a great way to think about it. Um, do, I'm curious if one of your employees that you manage uh, was working on side projects and making money from them, how would you feel about that? Uh, I'm actually congratulate. I'm high-fiving them whenever whenever I see uh, someone do like you know having having an achievement or a milestone. So multiple people are working on side projects. We are actually uh, encouraging them. Uh, we are giving them a bit of time to do side projects, mm -hmm. even for us or for them, uh, so they learn or, or whatever. And if they if they uh, generate some money out of it, I'm the first one that says, uh, "Well done, it's a great well job." Done. Yeah. Very cool. We were talking offline right before we uh, jumped on the stream, and you know, given that that Geomon is a high, you know, an expensive or more expensive B two B product versus Tresor, which is a inexpensive B two C, I would guess that Geomon is much more successful than Tresor. Would you like to to talk us through that? And if you're willing, you know, you had you had mentioned in your tweet, you're uh, you know approaching three between three and five k euro per month. I'm wondering what the breakdown of that is between the two products. Yeah, so um, this was actually the first month where uh, that, um, let's say, the payout through Stripe is um, higher than than my salary. And the breakdown is basically a thousand, a little bit over a thousand euros, a thousand two hundred from Trezor One. And um, the rest is from Geoman. And from Geoman, it's basically, yeah, we have, there are still clients that pay like a hundred a month. And then there are clients that pay 5,000 or 10,000 a year. And this, of course, I don't have that much clients in Geoman right now. Like I, I get one or two clients per month. And if I continue to get one client per month, then I have enough uh, monthly recurring revenue if I do this for one, one year or something. Um, what I did now is... So it has been, it looks good from the past uh, months, but I haven't done any sales for it at all. Like the, the companies just come to me and, and simply buy it or ask me uh, how to purchase it. Um, so what I did now is I was I, I partnered with the salesperson that actually goes out and se sells it. Um, so the good part is that, uh, yeah, most of the work is already done. It's not a typical SaaS product where I have to work on it every day. Uh, mm -hmm. I can basically start to scale the sales part now. Uh, yep. Yeah, and that's a nice place to be. I'm curious um, if Geomon is doing so well compared to Tresor, like why not just focus on Geomon and grow mm -hmm. that? Because I mean, it, it's obvious that it, there's demand and it could be a, a great business. I mean, you know, Sidekick is like a million dollar, multi-million dollar revenue business. I think Geomon could could have potential to do that, but without focus, if you're splitting your time, you know, I, I'm not sure that that it will. So, what's your thinking there? Yeah, I'm spread very thin, and I have the same uh, uh, thoughts. Sometimes it's still a problem that really excites me, especially because a lot of deep work is required. Like it's, um, for example, the, the 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 feature that I'm currently building is a completely new algorithm to split polygons it's very niche very focused yep. and i know that in this niche i sometimes have actually the best solutions out there which i really like to do honestly um, but yep. on the other hand building cash flow building a business getting out of the red race as we say in the in, in this community um, 
I'm focusing also on investing and getting, uh, you know, some dividend income, cash flow. And when, I, like, through this whole journey, I'm actually convinced that people need to get some financial education in school. We don't have this in Germany. We don't, people don't know how the stock market works, what a dividend is, etc. Mm -hmm. You do this on your own. And this is a mission I'm so much more behind. And uh, I have much, much more users of uh, in the B2C world, of course, much more feedback. There's so much, so much momentum behind it that um, I'm actually more excited about solving that problem. I think it also has a lot of potential, but it's simply, it's more work and everything. Um, yeah. So if someone would make me decide right now, I would probably go for Trezor One and let Geoman, uh, Geoman, um, uh, let me help with uh, with people. I, I will get some people for help, uh, which is what I'm actually doing with the with the salesperson and also some developers that uh, that I asked to help out. I know it can grow much bigger, but it's uh, it's not just about the money for me, at least currently. Yeah, right. It's about interest and and personal growth. It sounds like. We have a question from YouTube. Uh, Harish asks, "How do you how do you decide which product to work on?" Mm, so, the default is basically uh, Trezor One, and um, there are sometimes clients that require additional work, and uh, I'm I'm then focusing on that. But again, I'm partnering with uh, freelancers right now to take over some of the work at Geoman uh, and also to to contribute more to the open source library. So I'm paying them because, again, the income is quite good and I can I can basically do profit sharing to some other people and still have something for myself and they can, you know, grow that and build that. So for Geoman, I actually feel like a lot, like very much in control while at Trezor One, it's growing faster and I can keep up with it, uh, with the features and the support and everything. So the default is Trezor One because I'm getting dozens, if not hundreds of messages and emails per day, while at Geoman, I get an email a month and then mm -hmm. I answer it and that's it, you know? Right. right, cool. We have another question from YouTube from Happy Leaf. And they say, they ask, when doubling your pricing after each new client, what happens when churn occurs? Uh, good question. Didn't happen yet. Um, it's, oh, churn, nice. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't think it's comparable to uh, to regular um, SaaS sure. products. Where in Trezor yes. One, I have, I have big churn, of course. But if you, you know, in these kind of businesses, so clients like whatever Microsoft or these huge clients, when they decide on a map library, they use this for many, many years. There's no reason to go away. And if they decide to not use my library or my plugin anymore and use a different one, um, that's completely fine. I'm currently not reliant on this revenue because I have a day job. Um, I'm basically looking where it can go, where I can grow it basically on the side of the side project uh, where I can grow it and where I can go. And if there, if churn occurs, I would, of course, try to find out why, what happened? Is it features missing? Is there a competitor coming out that is better? Whatever it is, but it didn't happen yet. So it's not a problem I need to solve right now. Yeah. And I, I think maybe his underlying question is, do you, um, do you cut your pricing in half when someone churns? And ah. I'm guessing the answer is no. <laughs> I, that, <laughs> that is a good question. So, yeah. 
Yeah. So doubling the price was always uh, like it, it sounds ridiculous. When I when I first started, I asked the open source community, "Would you pay like thirty bucks a, a, a month?" And everyone said, "No, hell no." Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I was like, "Okay, mm, I'm gonna start with something." So I started. There was wasn't a client for a very long time. I started to build pro features, and at some point, they started coming in, and um, now with. 10 k a year, and I said to myself, "I will, I will double it again when I get five clients." So I will not do it from from the first client. And um, the only reason why I get, go so big with these companies is because I know the enterprise world a little bit, and I see what companies are buying this. So if mm -hmm. you if you put your product in that a company like Microsoft buys for. 1500 per year or something that's a joke to them and actually yeah. they consider you much more serious if you go uh, later four digits or even five digit prices absolutely and that's one of the biggest mistakes that developers make when they build a, a powerful product that's being used by a fortune 1000 company is those companies the difference between five thousand and fifty thousand dollars is almost a, a rounding error they, they in general they don't actually care if it's a fundamental piece they they're way more concerned about the the service level agreement the fact that it, you stay in business yeah. if they're going to embed it in their app there's all these things that are much more important and much more expensive to them than than tens of thousands of dollars and so um, yeah. You know, a, a lot of advice we give in, in the tiny seed batches is the moment that Verizon or Target knocks on your door, you are talking minimum, minimum 25 grand a year and usually 50 grand a year just to make it worth their procurement process because they're going to put you through mm -hmm. such pain to become a vendor and you're going to sign so many custom contracts and they're going to redline your terms of service. And there's all this stuff that um, th it's just not worth doing from your perspective for a thousand or often even, you know, $10,000 a year. Yeah. And everything so, behind okay. human is very, very manual. Like I put a license in place, but the distribution behind it, et cetera, it's so manual. And I'm waiting until someone demands more. I'm waiting until someone comes, look, we need a private NPM registry to install this. No, 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 no one comes. So uh, as long as it works like this, I'm continuing, but I'm ready when, when a company comes in and says, look, we, we need like, we need this for 10 applications and we need a proper distribution channel. We need this and that and some support mm -hmm. and you need to come in and, and, and onboard our teams. I'm ready for that, but that didn't happen. They just buy and go off with it, which is fine by me. So I'm, I'm curious, given that you, the Geomon is quite successful, but you kind of have it on autopilot on the side and you're really passionate about Tresor. I've been in that position, by the way, where I've had multiple apps and I kind of really want to do one. And some of them I shut down, some of them I sold. And I'm wondering why not sell Geomon? Um, because if it's, let's just, I'll throw some random, some numbers out. Um, you know, if it's doing four grand a month, averaging 4,000 euro a month, and most of that's profit, that's about 48,000 a year. SaaS or subscription stuff will sell at about three and a half times, you know, uh, the annual revenue or annual net profit is really what it is. So let's just say it's around 130, 160,000 euro that you could feasibly mm -hmm. sell it for. So why not, mm -hmm. why not do that and take the money and either, you know, put it in dividend producing stocks like you, like you're doing or, or invest it into Tresor or start a college fund for your, you know, your two week old. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's a good question. So I actually got more acquisition offers for Tresor one and also much mm -hmm. higher ones at that. 
but I I basically said no to everything, and I would say no to to Geoman as well because um, let's say I get 500k or maybe 500k is already at the upper limit, but let's say 200k uh, for one of these products. It wouldn't change my life. It wouldn't at all. I would I would invest it uh, for my daughter or for me. Uh, maybe I would. Um, you know, I would be able to have a runway to work on on these side projects for like two years without mm-hmm. uh, without having a full time job, but it wouldn't change my life at all. What I want to do is I want to build these side projects up, and I'm currently on a good path to be able to fund me that I can do whatever I want. I can work today, I cannot work today. I can work for an awesome company that I'm interested in, or I can do open source work or whatever it is. Uh, and this kind of freedom I want to build up. I agree that when I sell it, I might have some runway to do that um, or to focus more on that. Uh, but these two products currently, my heart is on them. I put a lot of effort on them. And I think both of them have the potential to be that driver of freedom, let's say. And if someone gives me a million or two million, that might be life changing for me because then the dividends alone will pay for my bills if I invest that. But with 100 or 200K, it doesn't change much for me. I'm rather interested in the cash flow that I can build up in, in actually building this. It's, it's just too much fun to give it up for, for a lower six figure. Low six figures, yeah. Well, you're in a good spot if you're saying that. It's just too much fun. I love that. That's a great <laughs> quote from you. It um, is. I'm I'm curious on Tresor, like <laughs> since it is B2C and it's it's free and five euro a month, obviously you can't be running Facebook ads or Google ads because you just you wouldn't make any money on the folks. I'm curious what's your best source of new leads or new customers for Tresor? <laughs> Yeah, that's a good question also. Uh, so I looked at what what um, competitors are out there and regarding pricing, when I get up to speed with the features, uh, I definitely will increase pricing a little bit, but I probably won't go over 10 euros a month. Um, it depends on the features. Uh, so currently, it's word of mouth. It's the communities mm-hmm. where people that, that uh, take care of their financial education are at um they share it basically so i'm i'm invested in these communities i'm posting a little bit but the people especially in germany are very very reluctant i cannot only i cannot just go in there and share trezor one because they will see that Mm -hmm. there is a pro plan or a plus plan that costs money and they will say this is advertising so i need to rely on word of mouth and actually uh i'm very happy that growth is accelerating and have awesome awesome users very engaged users that that i feel like they simply want to support me they contribute to the open source part i open source the part of it and people are working with it they are uh, you know helping me um, make the data better get better quality data reporting bugs i'm on slack with some of them i just used circle so just recently launched for a new community people coming in helping each other out um, Again, it's such a vibrant, engaged community. Um, and I feel, yeah, everyone is just in there and wants this to succeed because it's a, it's a good product for them. And this is such a huge motivation for me that, yeah, I, I, could, I could work on it 25 hours a day. It's, yeah, it's great. that's awesome, man. It's so, it's so nice to have a project that you're that excited about, you know, so that it's it's a passion project and it's a hobby and it's a side project project, but it's also something that that is making you money and 
really over time can make you hopefully a lot more. And if your mission is that I, aligned with it, yeah. you know, it's, it's really- I hope so too. So it's, it's yeah, definitely. I definitely want to get a little bit more into the education space so I can yep. lower the barrier of entry into investment for young people. Because if you start investing mm -hmm. with in your twenties like this, this can really change your life uh, in, when yeah. you're 40 or something. Um, so I want to lower the barrier of entry. I want to make it as easy as possible, understandable, automated. And, um, and regarding the money that comes in, I hope at some point when I reach some sort of critical mass with the user base, the money is not coming from the users, but actually through the brokerages. Uh, if I can like include some buy and sell buttons, for example, so they can buy stock or sell stock and I go to them and yep. then it's a commission game. So this would be a completely different revenue source and uh, a much higher one at that, I think. Indeed. Well, sir, you're a man after my own heart. I am a big fan of investing and financial education. And, you know, here in the US, we're in a similar spot where people are not taught this in school and kind of got to learn it on your own. So Sumit, thank you so much for joining me today, man. I really appreciate you taking the uh, 30, 40 minutes to hang out with us. I'm sure the, the Connect community and the, the on-air community appreciates it as well. Um, on Twitter, you are Tweets of Sumit. Everyone should follow you. Uh, they can see it on the screen there. And uh, yeah, I wish you the best of luck as you continue to dive into these products. Thanks for joining. Thank you very much, Rob. Thanks. It was, it was really fun. Yeah, it was good having you. All right, as we wrap up, MicroConf Remote, I mentioned it already at the top of the show, but uh, another speaker we have is Colleen Johnson, the co-founder of Scatterspoke, talking about the grueling and exciting journey to $10,000 in MRR. And throughout the MicroConf Remote show, we, do, we live stream for about five hours. We're going to be asking the question, what is one thing I can do today to make a meaningful improvement on my business? And we are going to be having um, outside folks, a lot of names you know, few you don't, that are going to be weighing in on that. Thank you to Hay.com and Stripe for being our headline partners for the year. They make everything we do just a little easier, and we are over the moon to be partnered with Hay and Stripe. If you have not already, head to youtube.com slash microconf. You can hit that subscribe button to be notified about our future videos like this one, and you can hear this uh, episode tomorrow on uh, our podcast feed. So thank you so much for joining us every Wednesday, and I'll see you again next week, same time, same place.